It's time for episode 292 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, May 1st, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's always there for you, no matter the time. I am one of your co-hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet and in a new place and in in the midst of a move uh, by... Wait, I am those things, but my co-host Dan Morin is not those things. Hello, Dan. Hi, Micah. I'm stationary in an old place. Not in the midst of a move, so yeah, I'm glad that it's not both of us. That would be that would be much worse. Oh, that would be a nightmare. The moving cast. Uh, well, <laughs> I am excited because we have, uh, despite anything, we still have a podcast to do, and we've got two awesome guests. To my left is the site editor of iMore and an all-around rock star. It is my pal, my friend, my fellow co-host on the iMore show, Lori Gill. Hello, Lori. I feel like I should say something like, hello, Clockwise, how you doing? (laughs) Yes, you should, and I'm glad you did. (laughs) And to my left, it's a producer of YouTube videos about the Shortcuts app, the co-host of the Supercomputer podcast, and a blogger at the website MatthewCassinelli.com. Boy, it would sure be weird (laughs) if it weren't. Matthew Casanelli. How are you doing? <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me. I am doing wonderful. We are delighted to have you back. Wonderful. Well, let me go ahead and kick things off. Uh, what tech do you use to pass the time while you're traveling? So whether that be, you know, on an airplane, in the car, what have you, how do you pass the time? Do you use noise cancellation headphones? Do you use audiobook apps, games, iPads? I want to know your method for making those boring, long rides a little less boring and long. Lori, we'll start with you. So my go-to apps will always be Apple's podcast app. I know, I know, but it's just the one I use. It's not my favorite, but I just kind of settled into it. And um, Audible, uh, because I love to listen to people talking while I'm driving. It actually keeps me awake. So if I'm the driver, those are the two two apps that I go to on my phone. Um, If I'm flying, um, I bring, especially if it's on a long flight, I bring with me an iPad Pro and I love to color on it. Um, So my favorite coloring book app is called Pigment. It's amazing. It's as far as I know, it's the only one I've found that's a coloring book app that actually lets you color like you're coloring, not just filling in colors, but you're actually like scribbling on the page like a coloring book. Uh, So I love to bring that one with me on my iPad Pro. Um, I do watch movies if the flight's long enough, also on my iPad Pro. I don't have noise-canceling headphones yet, but I will be getting Beats Pro, which are noise-isolating. And I will be getting them before my next flight, so I'll be able to test just how isolating they are. If it's a long car ride, I'm almost certainly driving, um, and I've been, you know, done that a lot in in my life because I went to school like a six-hour car drive away from where my parents live, uh, and... I usually, I kind of go back and forth. I'll listen to podcasts. I'll listen to sort of um, radio plays. I'll listen to music, just depending on what kind of mood I'm in. Uh, and so I usually stick to the music app or the podcast app. I I, I kind of rotate between podcast app, depending on any given moment. Uh, I also use Plex a lot. 
because it syncs with my library uh, and lets me store stuff that I don't necessarily want synced in other forms. Um, so like I have some of the, like the, the old radio plays I have, they don't work well in iTunes and having them in the music app seems weird and they don't kind of go anywhere. So I use Plex for that because it's much easier to find them and play them back. Um, on a plane, which is most of my traveling these days, I almost almost all the time I'm using my iPad and that's because the whole like I can use it basically from like the second I sit down in my seat to the second I get off the plane uh, without having to put it away at various points it's also much lighter than or like much easier to deal with than my laptop Um, and I mainly watch movies either using Plex or some like the downloadable stuff on Netflix and Amazon more recently um or sometimes if there's internet like if there's free internet i'll I'll just sort of like browse the web and read social media all the stuff i do normally if i was sitting at my desk and very rarely i will do work on planes i find it very hard um you know i'm fairly tall the seats are very cramped it's not the most comfortable place to do writing um but i've done writing and editing of podcasts on planes and the noise canceling bose headphones i have are a huge boon for all of that because planes are very loud I feel like every time I come on this podcast, all my answers are shortcuts, but it is <laughs> it's your traveling brand. It's is your a brand. perfect time to work on shortcuts because it is like lots of little moments and you can get in there and work on something real quick. You can like bust out just little automations while you have some downtime. Um, but because I'm an actual person too, I do more than shortcuts. Um, <laughs> I, I actually really like making lists while I'm like in the passenger seat driving. Um, or like turning those into mind maps. I'm, I'm a huge fan of MindNode, and that's really easy to use, like on your phone or the iPad. And so they have a little quick entry field that you can basically like type out an outline, and then it'll turn it into a mind map real quick. And I just find that's helpful because you kind of break away from like your daily life and can kind of reflect on some of those things you want to improve or something like that. Excellent. I use my noise canceling headphones when I'm on an airplane, of course, uh, but not while I'm driving. In those uh, instances, I will uh, listen to just over my, my Bluetooth stereo system. Audiobooks typically is how uh, I find time passes much, much quicker. But when I need to sort of get pumped up, then I will turn on the music and, and sing along to it. Um, I was driving a 22-foot moving truck uh, over the weekend, and I was a little intimidated of this big, essentially like a small semi-truck um, at first, but it had a great sound system inside, <laughs> and Beyonce just sounded so good as I was driving uh, all of my stuff from city to city. So it, I, I've never had the drive between um, where I between Springfield and Kansas City go so quickly, um, and I was really impressed with how quickly it seemed to go uh, while I was listening to music and stuff. So, not usually a movie watcher. Um, I have though in the past. Um, I took a very long drive with my partner at the time. We went. We were going to a wedding, and we had like a I think it was ten hours or more. And when he was driving, I was able to watch uh, episodes of The Office on my phone, and he would listen to them. And then when I was driving, then he would watch and I would listen. And I found that I can actually just listen to 
episodes of The Office, and I get just as much out of it at this point because of how much I watch it. So that's uh, another option for me. Thank you all for your answers on that one. Let's go to our next topic, which comes from Lori. So Luminary, a new podcasting app, launched just a little bit over a week ago. And in its first week in life, it has basically destroyed itself to begin with. It really set a bad, a bad uh, first impression. Um, but it doesn't mean that Luminary, the company itself, or the idea of this sort of um, paid premium content for podcasting is not going to work. So what do you think? Do you think it's a good idea, a bad idea? L- with Luminary specifically, do you want to see it succeed or fail? <laughs> do I want to see it succeed or fail? Hmm, am I a sadistic Some people have person? strong opinions. <laughs> I, I'm kind of in the middle, I guess. I don't, I don't really have as strong opinions. I looked at the app. I downloaded it when it came out uh, and sort of browsed through to see what shows were on there. I don't have a lot of interest in paying for premium podcasts, mainly because I don't listen. I have way more podcasts for free than I can listen to right now. Uh, I tend to listen to podcasts very infrequently, either those aforementioned long car rides or when I'm doing stuff around the house, usually cooking or washing dishes. But like I maybe get through like half an hour to an hour of a podcast um, a day, not even a day. Most of the time I'm listening to the news, frankly. Um, so I, I don't consume that much podcast. So the idea of paying for it, it's just not for me. And I pay for a ton of video services because I watch way more TV than I listen to podcasts, <laughs> apparently. Um, so I don't think there's anything wrong with the idea. I think if you feel like you can provide a premium product and you can get people to pay for it, more power to you. I have nothing against that. Um, Luminary's approach of having a like rebroadcasting kind of all the free content in there, you know, there's nothing. I kind of come down on on different sides of that. I don't think it's a smart thing. It feels a little intrusive, and it feels a little um, like we're building on all this free stuff that was out there to then add paid stuff and get you to pay money. Uh, it feels a little icky. Um, I thought the, the the software itself was fine. It was not a blockbuster in any means. I, I don't think that I'm necessarily looking for it to fail, but I also don't really expect it to succeed based on, you know, the sort of not only the things they've said publicly, but also just the product they're offering right now. I'm not sure that that's going to go anywhere that they really want it to go. And and that's, it's just not quite the model of podcasting that has worked in most places, which isn't to say it can't succeed, but I don't think they're going to be the ones to do it. Yeah, (laughs) I'm kind of fascinated because I just don't understand why this needs to exist. Like it, it does just seem like a good way for certain like already high profile people to make money and then this business to exist and be like maybe some sort of like high destination where you're like, Oh, I got into luminary and I made it or something. But to me, it, if it had come along with something of like supporting small people also, or instead of cutting the feet out from underneath them, (laughs) then that might've helped a little bit. Um, because like we just launched a Patreon on our podcast to like get an editor and now people can't find the show notes in there and get a link to it. But it it does come back to like, at least you probably should say it on the show if you're only putting it in the show notes, because a lot of people just don't check that type of thing. I know that, I mean, even Apple podcasts, I don't think is not nearly as nice as like overcast is pretty integrated into the usage of it. Um, but I wouldn't, yeah, I just like, it maybe also if they had had just more 
content to start out and more interesting shows that they like you could binge versus it being like a lot of teasers and they shot themselves in the foot so (laughs) mixing a lot of metaphors but like they they, if they had just dumped it all maybe it would have been more intriguing but it's kind of like they're like let's see how this goes also screw every other podcast so (laughs) not exactly the best launch strategy i am consistently skeptical of companies and apps and services that come in into any field and try to disrupt a field that doesn't need disrupting or doesn't really, I don't know. It's, it feels like when you introduce one of your friends to your favorite band and they start listening to it and you can tell they just don't get it. And they start sharing it with other people, but they're saying all the wrong things. And they're like, yeah, listen to the drums. And you're like, the drums are the worst part about this band. That's not the best. And, <laughs> but this is even worse because while they're doing it, they're also like taking the music away from you. So your favorite band you don't get to listen to anymore. And they are also... They yeah, borrowed they borrowed your, your CD. CD. They <laughs> scratched it up. They're talking about all the wrong things in the music, and they're charging people to listen to the CD too. So they're making money off of like a way that you never made money off of that thing, and that you appreciated that thing. I don't know. It seems like you all were on board with that metaphor, but the point is, I, I feel like this is it's it's just somebody coming in and saying. Aha! Now I'm going to try and do this thing. And it's like, you don't get it. And that makes me feel icky about having you anywhere near me. I'm allergic to you and everything that you're doing. (laughs) So that's how I feel about Luminary. Right. Right when it launched, the day it launched, I thought... You know, I don't know. It's it's a little bit odd, but I'll give it a try. I did the same thing. I downloaded it. I didn't sign up for the um, premium or anything, but I browsed through the, the skin, basically the podcast skin, and I thought, it's just another podcast app. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Um, and then, and of course I just wasn't ready yet to, to bite the bullet and try to get the premium service. But then throughout the week, just foible after foible. And I thought, okay, this company really just started out on the wrong foot. Um, I'm not going to say that it's a bad idea to have a premium service for for podcast because, you know, things change and trends change. And it's possible that this could potentially be a really great way to get really high quality content out there. Um, But I think Luminary did it wrong. And I do think they could come back from it, but I think they're probably going to have to restructure entirely. I think what will end up happening is they'll either go... 100% 100% free with no tiers, or they'll switch over to um, premium services that are that's nothing but their exclusive stuff, like the way Stitcher does it, so that you're not sort of split between the free content that's open to the world for us to enjoy um, while paying somebody for that service. So um, I think they'll succeed. Um and I, I just think that they're gonna re- they're gonna need to restructure completely in order to like reinvent themselves and maybe even change the name. <laughs> <laughs> a new name. Um, well, there's not a new name for this part of the show. It's halftime. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by our pals at Burrow. There's nothing quite like getting home after a long day and collapsing onto the sofa to relax. And that feeling, turns out, is even better when you have a burrow. That's the luxury couch for real life. 
The burrow sofa was created by two students who thought there must be a better way to buy furniture than the limited sofa showroom and long delivery waits. They've disrupted furniture, and that's why Burrow lets you easily customize a high-quality sofa online, which can be shipped for free in one week. Burrow was recently named one of the world's most innovative companies by Fast Company, and because they let you build a sofa that suits you, you can choose from five fabrics, three leg finishes, there aren't even that many options for humans, two armrest styles, any length, you can even add, I don't remember how this is said, a chaise lounge, we'll go with that, a chaise lounge, or ottoman. Uh, Chaise lounge. Chaise, thank you. (laughs) Aha, a chaise lounge, or ottoman. It's scratch and stain resistant, so you don't have to worry about spills, and this is the best part, it's got a built-in USB charger, so you can charge your device right from your sofa. It's made of high-quality materials, like sustainably sourced hardwood instead of flimsy particle board. Plus, they've got a curated selection of hand-woven pillows, so you can jumpstart your interior style. If you're in the market for a new sofa, give your living room an upgrade with Burrow. You can get $75 off a new sofa and free one-week shipping by visiting burrow.com slash clockwise. That's B-U-R-R-O-W burrow.com slash clockwise for $75 off your order. Thanks so much to Burrow for their support of Clockwise, Relay FM, and your back. All right, Dan, let's see what you got for us. Well, uh, in its financial conference call yesterday, Apple basically announced that Apple Pay is still doing gangbusters. They've, you know, like doubled the number of transactions and they're up, like closing in on 40 markets around the world. All great. I personally love Apple Pay, which has continued to really expand here in the U.S., but I still run into some places where it doesn't work for me. So my question for you is, is there some place you wish you could use Apple Pay right now that you cannot Yes, and it is Safeway because that's like the big holdout for me. So I'm also I'm not sure if how like across the US it is, but just the main grocery store being able to leave the house and I've been in general experimenting with not bringing my phone places, so being able to use just my Apple Watch and like go out and buy groceries and come back sounds very nice and relaxing. The two main department slash grocery stores that I use are Hy-Vee and Walmart. Hy-Vee just got Apple Pay. It's wonderful, lovely, amazing, and awesome. Walmart wants you to use Walmart Pay. I don't want to use Walmart Pay, Walmart. I want to use Apple Pay. So maybe let me do that. That'd be great. So I think I've probably mentioned this before, but I've been burned by Apple Pay by getting made fun of (laughs) for trying to use it. (laughs) <laughs> so I've I've actually st- there has never really been a whole lot of um, businesses that supported in in my area of Sacramento and it has improved I've seen it but I have I don't even try anymore because I'll pull out my my cash or or my big my bank card and hand it over and then I'll see the sign that says now accepting Apple Pay and I think oh I should have tried it but then I think I'm so embarrassed because I got made fun of so. I- I'm just, I don't, there's nowhere that I want to use it that I can't yet because I haven't gotten to the point where I feel safe using it. You need to reclaim that, Lori. You need to take I that know. badge. Sure. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's terrible. No one should make fun of you for using Apple Pay. It's, it's delightful <laughs> and convenient and secure. Um, most places around here actually, I think, generally uh, do accept it. Uh, Target added it not too long ago, which was nice, and CVS, which is our drugstore around these parts. 
Um, some places I do run into that same problem, Lori, where I'll put my card in and then realize like, oh, it, it does support Apple Pay because it's <laughs> not always well marked. But the biggest mm-hmm. thing that I actually have a complaint about is I go to coffee shops pretty frequently. And around here, almost all of them use the same POS um, system, which is called Toast Tab. Um, or maybe just toast. I'm not entirely sure, but it's roughly the same. Like it's a tablet, you know, that's got like a card swipe on it. And I see it at like half a dozen of the coffee shops I frequent regularly and it doesn't support contactless payment or at least not in any of the terminals that are currently deployed. I went to their site a little earlier today cause I was curious to see if they had an NFC, uh, compatible terminal for sale. I could not find one on their site. Uh, <laughs> so apparently not, but like, it's sort of like a square competitor essentially. Um, and I'm really disappointed in that because I spent, that's like one of the places I go the most. And the fact that I have absolutely no support for contactless payments strikes me as just ridiculous. In fact, most of them, with the exception of maybe one of the ones I go to regularly, they almost all use Magstripe uh, instead of even like chip and pin, which I think is Ugh. just cr- like ridiculous. Like, how can you, how can you still be living like this? So that's my, <laughs> that's my top one is the coffee shops, local, local coffee shops. Get your act together is what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, thanks for your thoughts on that. Let us go to our final topic, which comes from Matt. Okay, so I want everybody to assume that everything you ever wanted will come true at WWDC, because this time of year, it always kind of <laughs> makes me a little crazy, because you know everything that is wrong with it, and you just kind of have to wait until hopefully everything gets fixed. And so I want to know if assuming you got what you wanted, what are you going to do with that? Because that's always like we are get hung up on what might they do. And it's like, okay, if they do that, then what? That's what I'm fascinated. And so pick pick one thing you want to see and then what you'll do with it afterwards. I like this topic. Very good. Very good topic. Um, so I, it's something that has been reported on happening, uh, which is shortcuts coming in some way to the Mac. Um I use Text Expander. Uh, they are a sponsor of Clockwise. They are not sponsoring this episode. Um, and I love Text Expander for not just quick snippets, but also like more in depth type stuff. I use Automator on the Mac and I use uh, Keyboard Maestro on the Mac. And so I do a lot of automation on the Mac and I'm not a big shortcuts user on iOS because Currently, there aren't a whole lot of tasks that I need to automate there. But working on my Mac, it happens all the time. And so if shortcuts is another way for me to uh, improve my automation experience on the Mac and to sort of get to use Siri to help with that, that's exactly what I'm going to be doing. So I will be diving into shortcuts on the Mac and making use of it as much as possible for all sorts of things. Lori, what about you? I don't ever have any expectations for WWDC because it, to me, it's like, it's so software heavy and it's never anything that we get right away. So I just kind of sit back and enjoy the whole event. But um, if I'm if I'm thinking about um, specific features that I want to see that I hope actually come um I think I'm really excited about the idea of the new features that are coming to iOS 13 for the iPad. I think some of these um, new tab interfaces seem really interesting and really useful. And we're, you know, we're never going to get Mac OS on, on our iPads, but we're also never going to have iOS on our Macs. So I think that's okay. Um, but I would love a little bit more 
productivity features coming to um, the iPad and and some of those sort of tap, drag, and drop um, feature uh, gestures that are supposed to be coming look really good to me. And and also in in the same way on macOS, um, better uh, split screen multitasking would be really really helpful. So um, in a very very detailed oriented sort of way, I think some better productivity features in the both iOS and macOS operating systems would be great. Uh, so I wish that they would introduce a laptop with a new keyboard and then I would buy that <laughs> laptop to replace my existing <laughs> laptop. Um, I mean, more broadly speaking, the thing that's kind of my wish list is to see a real uh, huge like makeover for the MacBook, the single port MacBook. Including perhaps even you know the idea of like well maybe maybe we're ready to to make a Mac that runs on ARM and has a touchscreen uh, because I'm I'm really interested in that and I think because for me as much as I love I like both my iPad and I like my Mac kind of wonder about having a device that could fill both of those roles that's uh, yeah I don't know it's it's an implication thing it seems you know like i, I kind of want to slim down the number of devices i have and i feel like a super light laptop that also works as works as a touch uh device could be more compelling to me than a touch device that also kind of works as a laptop um but that's just because i'm, I'm more comfortable on the mac still so yeah that's the main thing in the hardware department on the software side um Man, I really want to see some improvements to mail in in the new mm. uh, both macOS <laughs> and iOS. And again, I I don't have see. I feel like I'm violating the spirit of this question because my my and then what is and then I would use them and I would make my life easier. <laughs> I definitely want I want the like Mac only people and the iPad only people to join each other somehow. Like I don't I have no idea about shortcuts on the mac i would absolutely love that but even one thing i'm i've been getting more into the mac lately just because i'm producing live streams and i want that rumored feature of being able to send a window to your ipad and have Mm -hmm. it kind of like the luna display because i'm actually going to do that here just in a few minutes i'm doing a live stream with rosemary orchard and i need to record the mac screen while also having mac apps running off screen and i only have one imac I guess I know who has multiple iMacs, but I don't have multiple <laughs> monitors. Um, and so being able to like use the the iPad more directly for back workflows, I think would help people find more value in it. And then that's for me is a secret backdoor into people using shortcuts more. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's my goal. So, and also Micah, I should, I, we need to talk. <laughs> I tend to feel a little worried anytime I say, eh, I'm not using shortcuts. There's probably a disturbance of the force for you. Um, <laughs> My ears perk up. <laughs> so that, folks, uh, brings us to the end of the four topics, but we've got just enough time for a bonus topic, and <laughs> this is my odd uh, topic for for you all. <laughs> Who would win in a, def- in a fight? The very cool new detective pikachu or that creepy sonic thing that is supposedly sonic the hedgehog but who can be sure Lori, who would win in a fight so i just clicked into that youtube video this morning right before the show and my first thought was oh was this a a, a, um april fool's joke (laughs) oh no it didn't come out until just the other day um 
So legit, I want to say Pikachu because he's my favorite of the two. But honestly, I know that Sonic has way more attitude and is way just more, you know, bad ASS. He's tough. And I think if if I were really going to put Sonic and Pikachu into a ring, Sonic would win. I I don't have uh, a dog in this fight because neither of them are dogs. (laughs) Uh, But... (laughs) Uh, lightning is faster than hedgehogs any day. That's all I'm going to say. But Sonic has lightning ability, so what, I'm yeah. just going to put that out there. Sure, sure he does. Yeah, <laughs> he's a hedgehog. This is ridiculous. Well, I would say from the trailer, it appeared that Sonic has an EMP ability, and so mm. that might against somebody oh, who's full electricity. I, I feel like Sonic would have to win there, but also his teeth are. <laughs> I, they both have teeth. I'm pretty sure. I, I can't even. I think I might have blacked out with the defective Pikachu one too, because it's still. <laughs> I was surprised when you were saying that that's much more normal than Sonic, also, because they're both pretty weird. He's got a but. hat. He's got a hat. I don't even understand how this is a conversation. Yeah, here's the thing Pikachu's fluffy and adorable, and also Jigglypuff <laughs> is in that film, and Jigglypuff is my all time favorite just being in existence. And so Detective Pikachu wins no matter what, because I looked at Sonic and then I took out my own eyeballs and washed them. <laughs> in one of those horrible um, chemistry lab eyewash kit things. <laughs> but thank you all for indulging me on that very strange topic. Uh, hopefully that doesn't mean I'm more like Weirdo Sonic than I am like Detective Pikachu. But we don't have time to ponder that question because we have reached the end of another episode. All that's left is to thank our wonderful guests, Lori Gill. I really do appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And Matthew Castanelli, thank you for being here. Yes, thank you so much. The honor is always mine. And Dan, it's been a great episode, and we, you know, we we defeated we defeated Weirdo Sonic. So I think it's time to call it a day. Oh, and well, we will continue to plumb the depths of our Pokemon versus video game character some other time. But until then, we remind all of you out there listening: watch what you say, and keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>